can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, joined by my lovely co-host, Jane Lisa Hammer. And before mm. we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, I do want to let you know, if you're curious about keeping tabs on us between apps, you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on threads at Movies We Missed. And um, we look forward to seeing you there, participating in mm. some of the vibrant vibrant conversations that are occurring um we welcome you with open arms and we want you to become a part of the mwm family between recordings we'd love to have you uh jane how are you doing today i'm great and and i just want to echo your feelings about loving to have people um you know interact with us throughout the week because absolutely One of the things I think actually is really significant about having our Instagram is the fact that we say so much fucking shit on this podcast that we don't remember. Mm -hmm. And so when (laughs) we'll say something like, oh, hey, let us know or do this or whatever. And I never remember what it is because we record a few weeks ahead of time. So when it comes out, you know, feel free to DM us and hold us accountable if we say we're going to put something on the Instagram or whatever. Like, we'll write it down, too. But I'm just saying, like, everybody needs those checks and balances you know what i mean no it's always i always love it when i get a message from a listener that's like hey in this episode you said you were going to do x y and z and you haven't (laughs) fucking done it yet and then (laughs) and then i try and do it mm -hmm, we love it so just let us know no we need to be held accountable truly truly this is this is you know a back and forth this is a community you know absolutely jane how are you doing this week you're doing good I'm doing good. You know, I'm really fucking cold. I'm drinking like a nice hot tea right now because I'm just like cold to the bone, you know? Absolutely. Uh, D- you were you were going to get some sort of facial yesterday, weren't you? Oh, I got it, baby. How'd that do go? I look, how do I look? Like, I know we're just like we're through the computer, so it's yeah. hard to tell. <clears throat> you look like yourself. Um, thank you. <laughs> Well, I got this thing. It's called like the arrow laser or something. Uh, Yeah. And like it was literally like a like laser treatment on my face. And they went. um, It went like she just like gave me those goggles and like did a bunch of like laser pulses on my face. And she was like, it's really easy. It doesn't really hurt. It's supposed to like help with redness and like fine lines and i guess like you're kind of supposed to do it she was like yeah this is something that like if you want to have a permanent effect you should do every three to four weeks for at least like three four five sessions and i was like (laughs) baby the wallet can only afford one right now let's see what we do yeah let's all just breathe (laughs) yeah i mean look i want to try to see if there would be any like major difference and if there is then like Maybe I'll scrape together the coins to to finish her off. But I, as of right now, I just wanted to try it. And it's tough because I do know a lot of those different things. You know, they say you need like, you know, six weeks of treatments and 
before mm-hmm. you start seeing like results and things. And I, and I know in some cases it's bullshit, but in a lot of cases it's true. Like you really do need to sort of commit to like a regimen and then yeah. at a certain point, but it's like putting in the time and like mm-hmm. really just leaning on faith and like hoping mm-hmm. that like at the end of this, you aren't going to be like, you know, you get to six weeks and they're like, well, you know, for some people it takes about a year, but you're already like, you're deep in this and you're several hundred dollars invested. So <laughs> you probably want to just keep going and like hope for the best and move just like blindly with a lot of like gusto and a lot of like mm-hmm. optimism. Um, and cash. <laughs> that cashola, baby. Well, also it's like, it's like $250 a session. Oh, wow. Plus a, t- plus a tip. I was like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> About the tip? kind of money no no uh, let me <laughs> let me state right now i always fucking tip and i always oh, okay. tip at, at least 20 percent. but i just meant let's see if we continue this session because this is setting me back that is bit. really pricey i don't know why i was expecting that and for some reason i was thinking that you got it like on like a groupon or something no um, we did no i did i did get like the first session on a groupon so nice. it like but you but when you tip on the full amount though you tip on the full amount so yeah so definitely still gave like a 50 dollar tip but only paid actually like a hundred dollars for it good for you yeah but um well to be fair tara actually paid for it but oh, that's sweet yeah <laughs> she gave it to me for my birthday and so because i had Aww. been wanting to try some of you know just see what those treatments are out there because you know what i'm not <laughs> i am not uh immune to any sort of beauty standards you know i mean i try to uh, look i try to be comfortable in my own skin and mm-hmm. age gracefully but you know i just like see what's out there absolutely yeah. there's so many beauty treatments right now you live in chicago there's so much yeah. happening and mm-hmm. uh you want to be you know you want to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on and all I'm options snatched. that are available to you mm-hmm. i told you about that um that sulfuric acid pill that I could do. <laughs> you know what? I'd love for you to sort of repeat that for me um, and what that could do. If you take some, it's a little bit of sulfuric and you mix in a little bit of distilled water. You probably want mm. like, like a one to five, uh, one on the sulfuric, five on the water. Oh, like I that's the said, kind of ratio. I thought you said it was a pill. It's not, it's like the actual acid. Like, no, yeah, but it is a peel. That's the way you use it. Oh, you like, peel, peel. I thought you said pill as in like an No, that's oral my pill. southern accent, peel. It is. It is. Um, that's my southern accent. Get, uh it's always going to it's always going to run through these veins. Um mm-hmm. the sudden sudden um but yeah, and you just shellac it all over the face and then you see oh. what sticks and what doesn't. And whatever what it what it sticks and what stays uh. is that's your skin. That's that's yours. And what comes off oh. was never really yours to begin with. It's like one of those things. Like if you throw it, if you if you love mm. somebody, you let them go and they come back, they're really yours. That's how it is, a bit of skin. So it's, it's that skin. skin. Okay. And so I just want to say on the record right now, just like for me and for our listeners, you're recommending this specific treatment. I've seen it done before. I've heard okay. people talking about it. Okay. And uh, I I don't know. I'm just saying that I think it's an option. And I it's an option. It's there. And you will assume any sort of liability if someone has any issues no, 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 with no, no, no. it. That's where it changes. Um, oh, okay. I'm not willing to okay. do that because I heard something no. through the grapevine. I'm putting you on. Mm. Um, I can't be involved and my name can't oh, be associated okay. with it. But I just know it's something that people do. Okay. A little sulfuric okay. moment just to like refresh because that's really going to get you to like the base. 
Rory, just get like sort of get to the young, the baby skin underneath the the skin that hasn't been touched by the sun. <laughs> I wouldn't call it baby skin, but yeah, it's gonna get you to the skin underneath. Well, the fresh the, skin, s- that, the superficial level for sure. Yeah, yeah. The that that new new, as they say. Yeah, and you're um, probably gonna want to wait mm-hmm. for things to settle a little bit before you like you go around kids or anything like that because it could be shocking how youthful you look it could be shocking yeah they'd be like are you a student here are you here to you know pick up your niece or nephew on that freddy krueger tip um okay so it's giving krueger it's giving krueger it's giving uh, like uh, it, I hey, was we were something thrown, so inappropriate. We were thrown <laughs> off mm. by the veins that we can see. Uh, we're not used to that here at the school, and some of the children are quaking. Um, right, right. So, what's going on? Did you do one of those sulfuric acid pills that, that the gals are talking about online? Uh, and, and and ma'am, I would love it if your face came with a trigger warning because this is not oh something that we oh should god. look at lightly. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I was Anyways. gonna say there are videos online. Just, I was gonna say real quickly if y'all mm-hmm. want to see like crazy pills. It a trigger warning, but there are these deep phenol pills, uh, peels. God, I hate it. These deep phenol peels, P E E L S. No, I don't baby. hate it, but you know, now pills mm-hmm. versus peels, whatever. But there are mm-hmm. videos on YouTube of people getting the deep phenol pills, pills, and peels, it's, mm-hmm. peels and it's crazy to see like mm-hmm. the result. Although I saw one of those videos and it was clear that the woman had also gotten a facelift, but they didn't talk about that part. <laughs> it was like everything was in a different not. location, and it was like, all right, doctor, doctor, there's something else has been going on here those eyes are located a little bit higher and she's a little bit more alert than she was before the deep female so y'all had some sort of bundle that y'all did but i like how we're just pretending but you do see people's you do see like you know sunspots disappear smoke Mm -hmm. lines laugh lines things like that so it is there's some stuff but it's also like apparently really intense and serious and like some doctors won't do it because they are like it's too dangerous so like like really painful i like imagine yeah. having to peel off layers of your skin and like the downtime is probably really long too like yeah, you probably I think it's have like to several like, weeks where you're going to be laying low which means you have to be a rich woman without a job or sorry excuse uh, me rich yeah. person you don't have to be a woman of course not but you know a rich person who doesn't need to be anywhere for weeks at a time no and you have a maid who's going to come in and like massage the oils into your skin and things like that mm. and provide you with like healthy smoothies and things just <laughs> while you recover while you're recovering. <laughs> um, but speaking of recovering and speaking of people showing up and maybe providing people with things that they didn't even know they needed, mm. we got a have we got a film for you this week. Um we have one. <laughs> I gave Jane this week to watch Weird Science. And um I'm ready to talk about it because as I was watching it, mm. it was one of those moments where it's like, wow, I didn't remember that. A lot of that <laughs> happening in the film. And thinking about watching it, it's been a very very long time since I've seen this movie. I do remember loving this movie as a child. And it had been a very long time since I'd seen it. And it was really funny watching it with like adult eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, things read a little different. 2023 lens. Um, things read a little different. I will say, just like before, it's like this movie is still so entertaining and so great. Very entertaining. Who are we talking problematic? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm excited to... To hear yeah. everything you have to say, Janie. Um, oh I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis really quick. Please uh, do. I'd love that for you. Yeah. I was in the lab with my pen and a pad. And so mm. I'm going to go ahead and just 
read out some of what I wrote. I did, mm. you know, I had raps, but I'm not going to do the raps. I'm just going to do the standard synopsis because okay. I don't want okay. anybody being like, oh my God, drop it, drop it. Because mm, I get that right. sometimes from y'all in the pod. You're like, why can't mm-hmm. I find it on Spotify? And right. so I'm and just going to read the standard synopsis. I, I think, you know, give the people what they want right now, which is the information. And then mm-hmm. later you can talk about your presence on Spotify, which um, <clears throat> I don't think exists. But, you know, it's I'd love felt. to. It's deeply is, felt. Okay. <laughs> I got some salt it, and pepper here because I've been cooking. Okay. I've been laying the beats down. I've been working with mm. some of the best producers around. Um, I've been working with a couple of guys that did some stuff back in the day mm. with Lorna Luft, Liza's sister. Um, <laughs> we're taking I, I, it. We're taking it fucking back. Back. I, you know what I'd love? You know what I'd love f- from you? Just w- w- one single name. Oh, the producer that you're working with. We're working, well, I'm working with Chet Rollins right now. Okay. He's a New York bad boy. Uh, okay. He uh, is he just, under 75 years old. You know what the thing about age is? It'll mm, pin you down. It'll sure. pin you and down. Not wanting to work with people over 75. Chet's got some years on him, which means he's got some some knowledge and so i don't i don't want to come off as ageist i mean i think working with people of a certain age is incredible but i just want to make sure because it's like if you're gearing up for like a debut on spotify like you got to appeal to like a certain demographic look chet remembers i'll just put it this way chet remembers the the great depression and not like let me open history book and learn like baby boy lived it so he's that kind of not like through a baby's eyes, like through a, a conscious, at least child's eyes, right? Absolutely. He was a child. He was a child. He had to have been a child, otherwise, I don't think he'd be with us. So, let's just say he's acquainted with gout. Okay. Okay. Let's okay. just say one of those hips is titanium. <laughs> you know, call Sia. Like Good he's that him. kind of dude. So Good we're we've been really having a lot of fun in the studio. Mm. He brings in the didgeridoo. Um, yeah. And you know. We I love we that. get it going and we commit it call to me, call me when you need the bongos. <laughs> no, we'll yeah. be bringing a professional for that. Okay. But um, I'm gonna okay. go ahead and jump right into the synopsis Please. and shout out Chet, Chet Rollins. Mm-hmm. Okay, two Illinois nerds get their revenge on a group of local bullies. I'm not talking about that time Jane and I got retribution on those bitchy shop girls at Nordstrom. This is the story of Gary Wallace and Wyatt Donnelly, two outcasts in the fictional town of Shermer, Illinois. Wyatt's parents are away, and him and his bestie Garrett get a bright idea while watching Frankenstein. Since they can't get a girl at their high school to give them the time of day, what if they create the kind of gal that they want to be with? Now You're probably thinking, how in the world are they going to do that? Well, just shut up. Because you sound stupid and I'm going to explain it. Now, they have an ironclad plan. After connecting a Commodore 64 to a Barbie doll that peculiarly is attached to electrodes and feeding some magazine ads of sexy women through a printer, they produce a bodacious babe they call Lisa. She is everything that they could dream of. Beautiful, intelligent, gutsy, and inexplicably British to boot. Maybe a photo of Twiggy got fed through the dot matrix printer when no one was looking. Look, I don't know. But either way, this lovely lady takes these youths on the ride of their life. Bitchin' clothes, a pink Cadillac convertible, and most important of all, popularity all come their way. I mean, what could go wrong? Well, I suppose they could lose their sense of self or their sense of reality. Or all those quirks and idiosyncrasies that made them lovable and quirky oddballs in the first place. 
But then again, maybe that's the point. To go on a journey so far out that you realize where you started isn't really that bad after all. (laughs) Sometimes to make peace with a humdrum reality, you need a little bit of weird science. Oh, there it is. There it is. In a nutshell. Yeah. Wild, a wild ride, a wild ride for sure. Absolutely. And before we get started, I'm going to hit you guys with some quick stats. Um, Mm. This movie was released on August 2nd, 1985. It was made on a budget of $7.5 million and it made 38.9 million at the box office. So, oh, damn. Those are respectable (laughs) numbers, baby. It was a hit Mm -hmm. in the summertime. Um, Jane, before we really. We hop into it. I want to let everybody know we like to communicate, mm-hmm. share our mm-hmm. ideas through a patented uh, through a patent system. Oh God, through a patented system that we call like it, love it, loathe it. And mm-hmm. so we're going to start with some things we liked about the movie. And mm-hmm. uh, Jane, as the person who was shown the movie for the first time, mm-hmm. I want to hear what you have to say to start us out in our like it's. Well, first of all. I just want to say our patented system. It's so crazy that we came up with this. No one's ever done this before. And I really, and they never will. And and they never will. And, and if they try, I mean, we're quite litigious as a podcast. So we're suing. suing. (laughs) We, we double dog area. Um, (laughs) Anyways. uh, Okay. So my first like it is of course the incredible theme song. I mean, it is, it's one that I've heard before for sure. And Tara has this like Spotify playlist that she made that she loves, which is like a ton of like 80s and 90s movie theme songs. And this is obviously featured on it, of course, because this is one of her favorite movies, by the way. No, it's a great film. And actually, that was actually on my like it's list was the theme song by the new wave pop band Oingo Boingo. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know it was by Oingo yeah. Boingo. It was Oingo Boingo, um, founded by none other than the Danny Elfman, mm. who is married to one of the stars of one of our movies, Bridget Fonda, who starred in Single White Female, which was our 100th um, episode uh, that we watched here at the podcast, along with Single Black Female, which was a Lifetime original movie. We watched them both. But yeah, shout mm-hmm. out to Bridget Fonda. Um, yeah. And Danny Elfman. And she was in, she was in the, the Grifters, too, wasn't she? Wait. No. No. What was she in? She was in something recently that we were... T- not 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 oh, recently, like on the but pot? yeah, something we did again. Well, I'm maybe I'm misremembering, but probably not. I don't know. It maybe all kind of I mean, she's together. a lot of stuff in the '90s for sure. Um, yeah. She's retired since then. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe we were just talking about her. Probably she's iconic. Point. She has yeah. she has that red that red pixie that mm. sent all the girls running to the hairstylist I mean, in 1992. Um, well, and we talk that, about in me, that. We talk about it in the podcast that maybe I should like consider getting that haircut <laughs> and that color. It, well, we have definitely been talking about episode. that color recently, right, Jane? We have, yeah, yeah. I'll let you know. I we're still, I'm still mulling it over, but I'm considering a hair color change, which means we need to update. We would need to update all of our merch for moves you missed, or I'll be a fucking liar. You know. I mean, you already are technically. What? I mean, you're not really a blonde, right? <gasps> oh, you are. I thought you were. Okay, I'm sorry. I got confused. 
I thought oh you god, were. Of course, I'm a natural blonde. I did not know that. Okay. That, I just, oh my god. Oh my god. I like don't I'm like. Of course, I've I'm a natural never blonde. seen like an adult who just grows platinum blonde hair before. So that's why I think I was well, confused. <laughs> You've known an adult who's done that for years. I, okay. Wh- to be fair, when you when we first met, I was of course dyeing my hair um, more of a brunette moment. Okay. There we go. Now it's making sense. So now I've just for the past, you know, I don't know what it's been like five, six years. I've been, you know, sort of working with then the, your natural, just like grow the, in the natural, the natural blonde hair. And your it, hair got good. so blonde this summer too, probably from being in the sun and stuff. I know that yeah, happens defi- sometimes. Yeah, definitely from being in the sun. And some, what a fun, a fun thing that I do in between visits to the, the, um, to 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 the to to my hair size is that i i like to take my roots and i like to darken them like, oh so you darken so, your roots to like yeah, a brown color yeah 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 so, yeah, yeah. so the new growth mm-hmm. coming in looks like it that's kind of on some billy eilish tease i know she likes to <laughs> yeah she copies me yeah there we go okay so mm-hmm. we got our answers yeah. to everything folks um this is yeah. <laughs> what a natural uh platinum blonde looks like they do exist a natural beauty i don't do anything to enhance my beauty it just it is what it is you know okay she woke up like this (laughs) i do realize we started this episode talking about how i did like laser therapy on my face to appear (gasps) younger (laughs) so i might have given myself away a little bit. You're um three hundred dollar uh, treatment, all in the pursuit of a youthful appearance. Um, yeah, no, but she's a real Anyways, one. she's a real one. What is your what is your like it point? Your first okay, like so point? my first like it point was actually. It was funny because Dave pointed it out. So Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie, um, mm-hmm. which is actually, I mean, that's my first like it was. I forgot Robert Downey Jr. was in this movie. So seeing him play like a bad boy bully was a lot of fun. But so also, fun. I had no idea. S- seeing him listed as Robert Downey Sons Jr. was also very interesting. He was like, he was What's on a different this? tip. This was like yeah. when he was almost in his SNL bag. He was just like doing his own thing. He was playing his own games. That's so wild. You people remember that Robert Downey Jr. was a cast member of SNL? That happened. Well, so was Anthony Michael Hall and they were part of the same season. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who isn't in this movie, but I just like to talk about. I always remember Julia Louis-Dreyfus because I give her her druthers whenever I can. Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> unknown comedian. Uh, you introduced a lot of people to Julia Louis Dreyfus. You introduced a lot of people to what was that show she was on? I remember the name of it, but in the early nineties, um, I know she was on I the think, show. I think I think it was called um, uh, Steingold. Steingold. Right. You introduced me yeah, to Steingold, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, you were like, "Hey, there's this cult show. Mm-hmm. Nobody really watches it, uh, but mm-hmm. let me put you on to this new new." And uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the first time yeah. I met you. That your hair was I remember that your hair was so blonde that day mm-hmm. when I met you that it was mm-hmm. blinding. It went down yeah. to your booty crack. Mm-hmm. And it was just like <laughs> all of these like curls. I look like a, yeah. Beach like, waves. Like a, it was Yeah, like a child of the corn, they often say, because of my my natural and blonde hair. I've never met anybody who washes their hair and then when it dries, it just naturally dries in these really big like curls and like waterfall sort of like yeah. it's crazy. To yeah. see you just do nothing to it, and then it just mm-hmm. naturally do that, and you're like, yeah. "Oh my god, my hair like dries in this feathered thing." It's so stupid. It's it's and so crazy. There's so much volume and like it, but like no frizz and like these perfect like 
barrel cur- like these you used to get embarrassed though remember barrel. i it's so embarrassing because it's like god why <laughs> why do i look like this like as soon as i step out of the shower like <laughs> i'm just like sitting around like waiting for my you know all my my girlfriends to get ready and it's like i don't like i I don't have anything to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I and they're that. like, and they're like, oh, you shouldn't have done your makeup so fast. And it's like, newsflash, I'm not fucking wearing makeup. Like, this is just my face. You this know, this is just my face. So, I remember the time you got so angry, you punched the mirror in the bathroom and broke it. Yeah. And you remember? I was like, because it's like, I'm more than this. And I always want people to know that, like, there is so much behind the face and behind the gorgeous full hair. You screamed, savage beauty, damn you. And then you mm-hmm. punched uh, the mirror. And mm-hmm. that was when I understood that, like, this is your cross. Yeah. Um, and well, I do like so Jessica Beale and I have like a similar thing where it's like mm. people don't take us seriously because of the way we look okay. because like, you know, we and like this is not a term that I'm using like this is what other people have said about me. And obviously I'm just parroting it because I would never like say this about myself, but it's like, oh, you are so exquisite looking that sometimes it's hard for me to listen to you talk because I'm so lost in the visual, the visual aspects of you. And it's hurtful. I mean, I, I'm a person too, and I have things to say, which is, I mean, ultimately why I wanted to start this podcast with you is because I want people to know who I am at the core and move Mm. past my sort of like intimidating beauty. That's right. And you both mm-hmm. were in a couple of episodes of um of Seventh Heaven as well, too. I remember you played the mm-hmm. lunch lady for a little while mm-hmm. until you started making Stephen Collins uncomfortable on the set and he had you removed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember that too. So moving back to the list, we got Robert Downey <laughs> in this movie, Sanj Jr., which is crazy. Um was so surprised to see him, but like delighted. And also why I don't understand why, like is Robert Downey senior a person? I don't know who that is. Yeah. He was like, he's like a director, I believe. And I think he was an actor as well. Okay. So what we're saying is that Robert Downey Jr. Is like sort of a Nepo baby. A little bit. Oh, passed away in 2021 on my, not on my birthday. Oh Oh my God. Okay. Oh God. Um, But yeah, he was an American, uh, he was an American filmmaker for sure. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's crazy. I wonder what that was about then. Like his dad was like a famous filmmaker. So it's interesting that he just went with the art. Maybe in, maybe it was like his dad went by Robert Downey senior. So he was just like, I'll just be RD, but apparently sag that sag, sag after I'll get you. They're like, you better add that yeah. JR on. Yeah, I'm sure it was, or maybe it was a sag thing that there, maybe there was already a Robert Downey Jr. And then that person decided to, or this was the beginning of his career and like people weren't necessarily thinking about things like that. And then it's like, okay, like I want this to be a part of my identity. Um, But yeah, no, it was, it was really crazy to see him in the film. And also like, I mean, he's not the star by any means. He's sort of like getting that like teen villain moment, which is really funny that like the villains in this movie aren't like what you would expect the villains in a high school movie that's about nerds to be. They're just Mm -hmm. kind of like these like like pretty boys that like dress in like, you know, they were like Jordash and they also like mm-hmm. were kind of on that Michael Jackson tip. They were wearing a lot of like accoutrement. Like there was a lot of like epaulets on like their like sweaters and jackets that they wore. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of like 
mixed it was like mixed fabrics together there was a lot of like leather like mixed with like jersey or like cotton and like wool materials so they were very much like those those popular boys and not Mm -hmm. like the popular boys that you would necessarily expect to be terrorizing um gary and uh wyatt but it was kind of funny to see that little switch up that they did yeah i mean i guess like it's hard to tell like i don't know what was cool in the 80s versus what you know what i mean like was there only one kind of like popular like preppy boy or like you know what i mean like depending on where this takes place because it was on that like yuppie tip and right um, and it also was in the fictional town of Shermer, illinois which is actually apparently it's supposed to be like basically northbrook Um, which is really funny Mm -hmm. to me. And like John Hughes used uh, Shermer in multiple movies. And so it's really funny Mm -hmm. that like, it's kind of giving Northbrook, Illinois, which is a suburb um, outside of Chicago. Yes. And they film, like, I guess like they use the same, like, I think they Glenbrook North is the high school that they use um, for exterior shots in um, risky. Is it risky business or was it Ferris Bueller's Day Ferris Off? Bueller's. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's, um, but that I believe is in Northbrook as well. And so they're all around like the North shore suburbs of Chicago filming, which is always funny. And like, I love watching John Hughes movies because you get that like oh, for sure. Chicago feel. And like, you know, one of the first shots of this movie mm-hmm. is like, um, <laughs> uh, Michael Anthony Hall is like shaving in Wyatt's bathroom and there's like a big print of like Chicago in the bathroom and it's like this great like very 80s print and that's just like I love these little Chicago moments in movies it's like Anthony this. Michael I just don't want to be sued what oh what did I say you said Michael Anthony oh I'm sorry I meant Anthony Michael Hall Michael yeah. Anthony is his father Anthony Michael oh, is okay so don't confuse. No, I just made that up. That can't. That can't be true. No, it can't. Um, it absolutely cannot be true. Um, also, Although I do feel like Irish people do that. They like. Yeah, it, it actually isn't do, that crazy of a, yeah, of a thing totally. at all. Yeah. Um, I did also. My next like it was. Did I? Did I still? Did you? You did yours, didn't you? No, I didn't. But I. Oh my god! No, fine. I'm so sorry. You go, Jane. No, it's I'm okay. So, it's no, just incredibly disrespectful, and I won't. But yeah, and considering we're covering a movie, there's quite a bit of misogyny. I mean, you should probably sort of internalize this and think I'm about it. I'm taking it on. Yeah, thank you. You better believe I'm taking it on. <laughs> um, okay, so my next like it is like the computer shit. And I always call this out when we talk up when we do movies that have some sort of technology that is, you know, older in the 80s or 90s, but it's like what's happening is wild so they like hook this doll up to like what looks like jumper cables and then they like cut all of these magazine clippings and like stuff it into what looks like i don't know like it's like a little slit that looks like it looks like like it's scanning these things yeah, into the computer like it's like a scanner or sh- it looks like a shredder to me but i mean it, yeah, I know it, it does look like a shredder because <laughs> it literally is just like a little slit and they're just like putting pieces of paper from a magazine in it slit. i know i hate it and i just don't know how else to refer to it like a thin <laughs> opening there's no good way for me to say this but it's, it's like true. And then they just like 
cut to like the computer screen, which is just like all of these graphics like flying around on the scene uh, on the screen that mean literally nothing. And like at one point, there's like an E equals MC square like floating around like a screensaver on the screen. And it's like, what is happening? Like, and it's my favorite thing about movies in the 80s and 90s where it's like nobody knew anything about technology. So you could literally do whatever you wanted. And they fucking did. <laughs> no, it's insane. It's a bunch of just like cut up photos from magazines. And also they do throw like one photo of Albert Einstein into the machine. Yes. And when they put the photo of Albert Einstein through the slit, um, through the tiny slit, um, the, in the, the, the thin opening, mm-hmm. through the thin opening, when they put the gaping opening, when they put uh, Albert Einstein's photo <laughs> through the gape, then there is a, f- you look at the screen of the computer and it shows for some reason the computer like dis- can discern and it knows that like <laughs> yeah. the reason why Albert Einstein is being placed into the um God, I was gonna say gash. I just stopped myself. Um <laughs> the the reason why it's being placed in this um in the sliver, thingy. in the sliver yeah. of the computer Ooh, is good is because it's supposed to signify like intelligence. So the screen changes <laughs> from like all the sexy women images to just a photo of like this, like, and it's like the screen's black with like that neon green, like yeah. um, with the neon green sort of figures on the screen, this figure of this woman. And then it's like her brain. It's like a photo of her head. And then it just shows like knowledge going into her brain. So it's like, <laughs> she's got the intelligence of Albert Einstein, I guess. But, but it's like, like, but you're putting like, how is the computer differentiating between Albert Einstein? <laughs> how do you know you're not getting Albert Einstein with tits to show up in your bathroom? Like, <laughs> the computer knows that the <laughs> beauty that is being sort of mined is the beauty of these bodacious you know lovely <laughs> women from these magazine ads they open they like they're cutting out photos from playboy and like also there's a moment where like they're deciding how big they want like her breast to be and so like the breasts are almost like giant like g's or something mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like they're like no 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 and then they like, you know, hit a button and then it like makes the breast smaller. So it's like they have their limits. That was a bridge too far for them. But yeah. it's just like it makes it makes no sense at all. <laughs> it all happens so fast, too. They literally it's are watching also, Frankenstein. Yes. And it's just like a feast for the eyes. It's like you feel like you're watching someone else play a video game from the 80s, but you have no idea what the fuck is going on. Also, we get exterior shots. We get exterior shots of the houses because and one thing you want to know about John Hughes movies is that everybody's got money. Like we're not dealing with poverty. Everybody's um, got money. I mean, I guess you get that kind of storyline in The Breakfast Club, I believe, where like one of the kids doesn't have as much money as the others. And it's like a shocking moment. But like basically <laughs> it's like and it's like the kid from like it's like Judd, 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 Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. Yeah, I think it's Judd Hirsch. What, what about him? Isn't it Judd? He's isn't he, Judd Hirsch is in The Breakfast Club, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like Judd Hirsch's character is like the bad boy from the wrong sides of the track. Wait, who? It's not Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch is, of course, who I'm thinking of. Judd Hirsch was on Taxi. Um, Judd Nelson? No, Judd. No, it is Judd Hirsch, isn't it? No, it's Judd Nelson. I... Judd, Judd Hirsch was just in The Fablemans. <laughs> He's a celebrated okay. and iconic actor. And of course, that's who I'm thinking about because I'm always thinking about octogenarians. Judd, Judd Nelson. Okay, like literally, I couldn't have been more. Um, bored with Judd Hirsch. You were all about it. 
The thing is, is that I don't really know any Judds. So you give you say a Judd and I was like, OK, I know there's a Judd in this movie. No. His last name could be, you know, onomatopoeia. And I would just be like, OK, of course, Judd onomatopoeia. You You're know? just backing me up. But don't even get me started on yeah. Judd Reinhold. You know what I mean? Um, well, that's Judge Reinhold. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. OK. Just yeah. I wanted you, I wanted you to put some respect on his, you know, his name. Absolutely. He defined <laughs> cinema. I think mm. in the 80s, any of us would say, yeah, um, mm-hmm. it was sort of him and everybody else trying to keep up. So mm. shout out to the Reinhold. Um, but yeah, no. Anyway, everybody's got money. So everybody lives in these massive mansions always. And it's so mm-hmm. crazy for me to watch. Jane grew up like this, so it's not for her. But to see these huge houses, it's always just casual. It's like you have to worry about money in these films. So no, you really don't. So it's just it's escapism, really. Um, and you never like hear like a parent ever be like, God, how the hell are we going to pay the mortgage this month? Like oh nobody God. talks about that shit in these films. Uh, no. We're going to have fun. Absolutely. That's, the, any, money, that's any sitcom though, honestly. Yeah. I mean, look, there are movies about financial struggles and there are movies where that doesn't come up. And there and are movies from John the 80s and 90s. <laughs> exactly. And John Hughes makes movies about upper middle class kids from the Chicago suburbs. That's just a given. It, it is what it is. that's probably who he was, you know, how, how he grew up. So, this was his crew. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the best shot is this exterior shot of like the sky because as mm. all of, for some reason, the sky turns blood red as all of this is <laughs> happening. So like the exterior shots just <laughs> showing the sky that is just deep crimson color as like <laughs> everything. So it's like apparently God has been angered in the process yeah. of like doing this as well. Um, and these, these like laws against these laws against nature have been broken and Mm. so everybody's involved and the machine and the little barbie doll that they have in the middle machine is just quivering and they've got like the tiniest um they look like electric i said electrodes they look like um would you describe them as jumper cables they look jumper like cables baby yeah. jumper cables that they've attached like to baby like jumper cables. To the feet and the head of the little barbie doll that is the physical and like that's basically the foundation of lisa played by the iconic kelly lebrock um and uh, it's just a funny scene and it's everything's happening so fast and the pieces start coming together so quickly. And it's like, they don't want you don't get too bogged down by like by the science. But like, we got it figured <laughs> out. These boys are on to something. And uh, yeah, it's it's really you blink and you'll miss it. And <laughs> you'll rewind it and be like, oh, my God, I must have missed the piece that's going to make this all not it insane. You didn't just get on the ride. <laughs> you, did. you have you just, to. You can't you can't ask questions. And by the way, you did. So Lisa appears and you did mention Lisa's played by Kelly LeBrock, who, if you didn't know, was married to Steven Seagal. And if you want to play um you know uh six degrees of mwm we just did a steven seagal episode with movie under siege so under siege. if you haven't seen it yet you should listen to it after this one because it's another 80s wild card i actually don't know that i knew that kelly lebrock was married to steven seagal i don't think i did I just, I mean, I found it out while doing research for, you know, this oh, movie. Oh, two but kids. They have two children together. 87 yeah. to 96. Yeah. They, they they almost made it the full 10. Like, who was Steven Seagal in 87 that, like, I guess Girl, he was, like, up and coming. Because Under Siege was sort of like, but I mean, Mark for Death was, like, 88. So I guess he was, like, an up and coming sort of, like, star. She probably had seen him do some Aikido. And been like uh, maybe some mm. of his competitions and just been like, 
that. I, That's I, my you know, type. I, I'm less familiar with um, Seagal's uh, sort of catalog of uh, movies and like. Oh, you'll what, be getting real yeah, familiar with it soon, girl. Don't you worry. Look, I enjoyed Under Siege greatly so anything more we can see see because he is a i know this we he's a ridiculous human being and the thing about under siege is you casey ryback doesn't have the the ponytail which is half of the that's half the magic so to see him to see him with his ponytail in place secure yeah (laughs) well baby it's a sight and you just get ready sure make sure the next time you choose a cigar joint He's got a ponytail for me. I absolutely will. I want to see that thing swinging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded so sexual. Um, <laughs> no, that's true. Okay, so my next like it point was the fact that John Hughes wrote this film in two days, which like feels I crazy. Saw that that's which insane. was crazy, but also like okay. it it feels like the kind exact same reaction i was like oh my god i literally went through a process with it i was like oh my god john hughes wrote this in two days and then i was like yeah yeah john hughes wrote this in two days and then i was like and no one stopped him (laughs) the movie feel it feels like the kind of movie that you're just like hold up in like a hotel or like a home just like hopped up on like caffeine uh maybe pounding the coca-colas and then you just like sort of like churn out because you're just like Mm. one idea is coming after the other and you're like what if they're nerds but then what if they get their hands on a computer and like of course computers and technology and like compact and macintosh shit's gonna be able to do anything and then you're like but then they got them playboys but then they found a barbie doll it's like one thing leads to another you're like and then she shows up and she's there and she's hot and it's like kelly lebrock it's just like one idea leads to another nobody's there to be like wait hold on let's go have like let's go have a sandwich and she's like no 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 not right now not I'm fucking busy. Well, I can say that you and I have have done something very, very similar where we will talk about an entire movie that we've created from thin air just in the middle of a conversation. But we've never sat down and written the script. We have just game planned every single second of the movie and spent hours talking about it maybe we should have written some of this shit down we should have also i come (laughs) up with a lot a lot of times i'll come up with a trailer for a movie where Mm. i've like got the pieces together or like i know i know what kind of shots i want like we came up with that movie about the woman who falls in love with like her tutor and like this is exactly the one i'm thinking about we were sitting on my back porch on our back porch of uh, academy and we spent hours coming up with this like play, this show which was like a period piece like it was like was it it was in like i think it was in england and like she falls in course, love with him yeah we wanted an accent i think we wanted to we wanted an accent but in all and we kept mm-hmm. talking about how like there's a lot of shots of her touching old things like she's like in his house being tu- he's like her tutor and there's like mm-hmm. a lot of shots of her like in the house like touching like the mantelpiece and like running her finger Wasn't over he- photos that are covered in dust wasn't he her piano tutor or did yes. I make that? He was up? her, he okay. was like her, he was okay. her piano tutor. And then the war breaks out and he has to go to yeah, war. It, it's like, I think it's World War II. I think we just, that by made the sense. way, this was 
10 years ago. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And like maybe longer. I think this is actually longer than 10. This is it before probably was. you went. I think this is before you went to grad school. Yeah. So it was a long yeah. time ago, but it was really like romantic <laughs> and like they both we get were... torn in different directions by life, but lots of I beauty think... shots of them like struggling, but like glamorously, you know, yes. like, it's beautiful people struggling. So it's different. Doesn't, and I think like I think we tossed around Kieran Knightley's name. Like I we think did, we, were, we did. Yeah. But now at this point, that's a little too on the nose. I mean, yeah. she's made a career of these kinds of movies. No exactly. But you know, and, we want something a little more power doer. I'm just we want saying something a little bit different now. What about like a yeah. Judith Light? Ooh, okay. You are always skewing older, aren't you? Like as the as the girl who's being tutored. As the girl who's being tutored, are you talking about like when? Because I think if I remember correctly, there was um, her youth, her middle age, and then like oh, her yeah, old age. And you're thinking about Judith Light for the older, for part. the youth, for the youthful part. Oh, for the youthful part. Okay, I we absolutely cannot continue to talk about this. Our listeners okay. are literally like, "What are you saying? Get back to this movie uh, okay. because this is something." That we- <laughs> I can't explain in full detail. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So we're going to jump right back in. Jane, what's your next? Uh, what's your next? Oh, was it me? It was me. Okay. No, no, no. What's, I thought it was me. You're always okay. trying to take my turn. Um, This is very telling. It was you. You're right. <laughs> I just, no, I just realized. My bad. No, no. It's totally fine. Um, <laughs> Mine's a quick one. It's just, I... It, during at one point during the beginning of the movie, I can't even remember where this is. I think this might be like as the like as Kelly LeBrock or sorry as Lisa's being like created. They do shots all over town of like the sky turning red and every everything freaking out and you know weather vanes spinning or whatever it is. And there's a shot with um the town sign. For Shermer, Illinois. And did you happen to catch what the sign said? Yes, Dave caught it. It says, Shermer, Illinois, one of America's towns, which I thought was fucking hilarious. And so uh, just a a small little bit that, you know, a small little piece that was funny that, um, you know, I've never heard anyone talk about when he talks about Shermer, Illinois. No, it was no, that was a really that was a really funny scene. Also finding out that Sherman Illinois is apparently 30 around 32,000 people to give you like a little bit of context. I feel mm. like it was like a bigger town than I realized it was. Like I didn't think that Sherman Illinois was that. That seemed large to me. I don't know. I thought it was a smaller town. I guess 30,000 people isn't I'm a lot. I'm thinking about like, like I was thinking about it comparably to Northbrook so it didn't seem that much to me, but I don't know how Although looking at the numbers for Northbrook now are going to be probably completely different because Well, let's look it up. Northbrook Illinois is 34,000 people. Wow. So, yeah. Seems comparable in my mind. I guess so. I yeah. guess so. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that was really that. Yeah, that stuck out to me too. Um, yeah, <laughs> so non-committal. One of America's towns. <laughs> it's here. It's here. It's damn here. it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was his way of sort of making it like anywhere USA, but it's not anywhere USA. It's like no. a very specific place in Illinois, but it gives yeah. the vibe of like, this could happen in your town. You know what I mean? Right. Which is a lot of like John Hughes movies, like these sort of mm-hmm. extraordinary moments in the lives of like these ordinary teens. So like, right. it is like really like interesting. I mean, especially mm-hmm. for this movie, which feels like probably I would say the most silly of all of John Hughes's films. Um, yeah. 
it just sort of gives over to the thing. And it's like, we're not basing this in reality. We're not dealing with like the existential crises of like being a teen, which is the thing that I think John Hughes does so well. So like, it is really fun to see this movie where it's like the other side of the coin. Um, Yeah. No, my other thing I was gonna say was, okay. So I, I thought it was really interesting that like John Hughes apparently like didn't really want to fuck with this movie like that. Like, yeah. Okay. So so, like this movie came out the same year as the breakfast club. This movie came out August the 2nd, 1985 breakfast club came out February 15th, 1985. And apparently like John Hughes didn't want to film this movie because it interfered, I think with the, with the filming of the breakfast club, Mm -hmm. which, you know, he basically got a deal that was like he could direct both movies, but it meant that he was doing like a really intense like filming schedule at the same time. And like the project that he cared more about was the breakfast club. So like this was sort of like like more of a significant like moment. Not to all all the weird science, not to all the weird science stands out there. You know, to be fair, weird science is very fun, but it's a lot of fun. The breakfast club is like it hits John people. Hughes, no, for sure. It's yeah. a more serious project and it does like have a very special place in people's hearts. And I think that like mm-hmm. teens weren't really uh, given the space to have those kinds of like story arcs before either. It was like he was and doing identities a lot. on film. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that movies like that really paved the way for like, you know, a future for like a, my so-called life, like mm-hmm. where we could really be sort of like exploring like the interiority of like, adolescence in a way that like Mm -hmm. movies did not dedicate time or energy to like those characters are typically one dimensional you know and i mean in a movie like this you're just you're there you're strapping in to have a really good time and to get some laughs and you're gonna clutch your pearls a few times too um did you have any more love it shay these are my like it's yeah me too Um, me too so yeah i've got two so first first of all um I think it's so funny how Anthony Michael Hall is always playing a nerd when he seems like very like good looking to me. Like he was like a blonde, blue eyed, like tall white guy in the 80s. Like, isn't that like and again, I wasn't there. I don't really know. But isn't that like and he was like cute you know what i mean so like i don't understand why he was always the nerd and also him and his friend the kid who played wyatt like they're cute kids like i don't understand why they were like the nerds but i mean if you're thinking about that then i mean isn't that kind of sort of in line with like i mean like i guess ferris bueller's not really like a nerd no i don't don't think ferris bueller's sort of like a He's like Ferris Bueller defies that sort of categorization. I think in in a way that yeah. Anthony Michael was always playing this like very very specific nerd I character, and I, it's like he didn't he didn't scream that to me. And maybe it's because I'm from a different time and I don't really understand that. But he was never like, oh, that kid's a fucking nerd. You know what I mean? I think what it was probably was that Anthony Michael Hall had like this very specific thing that he did really well. Like he was super charming, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that like he was a jokester. He seemed to be a pretty good like improviser. So I yeah, think he he's was able super to like. Funny. But I think because of those things, he was able to imbue the nerd with like a kind of a heart and to make you root Mm -hmm. for him in a way that maybe like, like, I feel like it had more to do with his like comedic timing and like Mm -hmm. his abilities as like a comic actor than it had to do with what he looked like. 
Like, okay. if that makes sense. I, cause I feel like that's what it was about was like, he was like, he was like, kind of like, he was funny. I think for me, just like given my world view, yeah. which again is very different, I would see that kid and be like, oh, that kid's really funny and cute. Like, I would never be like, oh, he must be a fucking nerd, you know? And yeah. I think like so much of like movies in the 80s and 90s, 80s and 90s really focuses on physicality. So it was yeah. confusing to me because I'm like, what? I, I don't get it. Like he's got a great haircut. He's got blonde hair. He's got blue eyes. He's tall. And, you know, I mean, maybe he's a little awkward, but that's endearing. I mean, this part of the they're character, like banking. Of I feel like they're, it's kind of like with John Cryer, though, like John Cryer is ducky. Like he actually John Cryer was actually a cutie. And like yeah. he was playing Ducky, like the weird like sidekick who know. she'd Maybe never give think... the time of day to. Yeah. But I but I, I get what you're saying though. I think that they were sort of banking also on like his like thinness. Yeah. You know, to like tell so. some of the story. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I Anthony Michael Hall, I do think it is kind of interesting. And it's funny too, because later in life he sort of transitioned into like kind of playing like these like a lot of like wisecracky like kind of sketchy dudes too which i guess yeah. that sort of like double talk thing i really think i think it's the charm more than anything and i think also they were banking on like him being like thin as like tell because that's yeah that's sort of the way that they tell the story of the nerds in these movies is like they're like yeah i guess that's true He's but it's not funny muscly. because it's but it's also marginal because it's like Mm-hmm. none of the guys that they like none of the hot guys are like that much bigger it's like no jake like jake ryan's not that much bigger than like ducky like enough Mm-mm. that it's like a thing like andrew mccarthy isn't like a muscle man but like so it, it is you mean you're right jake jake ryan is not that much bigger than anthony michael hall they are both in 16 candles oh that's what i meant sorry yeah, and then yeah. andrew mccarthy and in, anthony michael uh, hall, right? in pretty pink yeah, but yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, it's like it's all, all it is is that he doesn't. I think it's that he doesn't emanate like he doesn't emanate cool. I guess is like what they're going after. He's because all those dudes are also always like stoic. They're always yeah. They, they're always like they say like ten words in the whole movie, and <laughs> totally they're very and they're measured like, oh, and like so sexy. And yeah, like, and brooding and like self aware. How do you know? Like, and it's like what's <laughs> nerdy is is essentially just like this person who like who doesn't really like who isn't sort of like a slave to like the world's perception of him. So he like you can have a scene with like you know a ducky and like you know singing to like try little tenderness and like mm-hmm. climbing all over you know a record store you know you can have those moments right. and i feel like that's more or less what i feel like they're going after that quality more than they're you know, going after what he looks like but i do agree with you that like everybody in these movies is attractive like there's no like yeah there's no, I mean, like, and I think that, that's, ho- that's hollywood baby but i think like also part of it too is like just the things that like I would be way more attracted to as someone who can be silly and fun and crack jokes and, yes. you know, maybe not be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't like how boring is it to sit there with like the stoic guy who like barely gives you like more than three word answers. And you're like, okay, like fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure. in my mind, like a ducky is so much more attractive For to me sure. than, you know, because I also think like, people who are really stoic and seemingly very confident are also like actually probably pretty insecure and don't know what to say. I mean, oh, 
not no not it's true every level but. but that's just what i think like it that works for them and not you know what i mean and maybe they're like more introverted and don't necessarily know how to talk to people as much or whatever i don't know no, I think like a Blaine, that was Andrew McCarthy's name in Pretty in Pink. I think mm-hmm. like a Blaine is like not really it. And I think if you, I feel like if we so went boring. back and you watched so those movies, Ducky. Yeah. they don't ever really, those characters don't ever really do a lot and they don't ever really no. say anything. And a part of that is because the main character spends so much of the movie just pining after them that we don't spend a lot of time around them actually. Right. But yeah. it's also, I think that it's just like, I mean... It's like when you like as an actor, it's like you you all like I remember always wanting to play like the like leads, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Or like the ingenues or whatever. And like the but like the male leads. And I remember like playing them and they always and you're like, oh, these characters are boring. They don't do anything yeah. like the character exactly. actors are the time and all the fun. And like exactly. these characters are just sort of like placeholders with like boring ass monologues where they like whine and cry a lot. It's like I want to I want to do that other stuff. But it's like I feel like you get older and you realize that. But, you know, sometimes it's like it feels like that's the thing like the quiet Mm -hmm. like the quiet pensive man who's just like hot in the corner and like you know doesn't have to doesn't have to try so hard doesn't have to like climb the walls and like do everything Mm -hmm. to get attention because everybody wants to be with him i think you're correct though jane in high school by the way i was very much like in the in my FA Michael Hall bag, like my thing was Mm -hmm. very much like bringing the yuck yucks i think i think my friends would say that from mm -hmm. high school like I, I would I, do any, yeah. anything for a laugh as we both I think we're both in that bag because it's like we're literally sure. having a have a podcast where we're like please fucking laugh at our jokes my god you more than me but yeah <laughs> no and your desperation shows and I think no that's you really need it <laughs> you need it though and that's the difference Speaking of needing it, do you have uh, any more like a point? My last like a point I will say is that this was just a funny happening that occurred. Like we were mm-hmm. watching this movie and there's a scene where they're in their bedroom. They're in, um, I think they're in Gary's bedroom. No, they're in Wyatt's bedroom. And mm-hmm. like, I looked over it. There's like a window nook and it had like six pillows in the window nook and they were like red and black leather pillows. And I was like, Oh my God, those leather pillows in the corner, those throw pillows. And Dave was like, well, it's probably Michael Jordan. And just like the whole Chicago bulls thing with the red and black. I was like, Oh, you're right. And it was like, but like leather throw pillows, how crazy. And then I realized that we have leather throw pillows on our couch. And I was like, who do you think <laughs> yeah, you are? Cause y'all are bougie. No, I thought it was funny because I what no. I thought was what I thought was how impractical. And then I and and I'm by just, the way, they are. <laughs> and we do have them and they are impractical and they are not as why, comfortable as non-leather pillows. Oh, because like you stick to them or something. Yeah. They also like they don't stay in place. They slide because it's our oh, couch is yeah. walnut. Our couch is the frame of our couch is walnut, and then the center part is uh is leather and so the 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 leather pillow just slides against like the pillows all the other pillows on the couch so it, it never stays in place and yeah. it's just like a leather couch just isn't comfortable like it is mm. visually i think very like appealing like i like Absolutely. the way the couch looks but mm-hmm. it is not a couch that you're gonna like slumber on and the times where mm-hmm. i've been like sick and like you know you're in the living room and you're like tucked yeah. in with like blankets and stuff and you're laying on the couch it's like mm-hmm. and you wake up and like your arm is like that's under the pillow is like stuck to like the leather couch it doesn't give yeah. like you know Relaxing. like a yeah. like a big like cushy sort of like couch moment but you mm-hmm. know i've come to terms with the fact that like that is just not something that you're gonna get but you that's know that's what bed is for you know you just take in the just take in the aesthetics of it and like don't mm-hmm. ask it to be any more than what it is 
And so that's a trade-off, you know? Now you learned, you learned a little bit about it. me and my journey. Um, mm. Jane, did you have any more like it's? I have one more like it point. Give it it's, up. It's essentially just like it's all the one-liners. Oh, you did. All the one-liners <laughs> in this script are so funny, and they're mostly Anthony and Hall jokes. And I just feel like his comedic timing is so good. He has There's really like, good comedic timing. And he's like 16, right? He's like really young. Yeah. He was 17 when he filmed this. Okay. And it's like, I, I feel like maybe this was talked about and we weren't around because we were obviously either not born yet or babies, but like, I feel like he, like, he's so funny and I feel like I want him to get his druthers. Like, I feel like by the time we were coming up, it was like, he wasn't really around very much. And like, there's this one line that fucking made me laugh so hard. It's so stupid. It's like he and Gary are hiding in the closet for or Gary and Wyatt are hiding in the closet at the party that they're having at Wyatt's house because those that weird motorcycle gang shows up and he, Gary goes they're hiding because they don't want to get beat up by this motorcycle gang and Gary goes or Wyatt goes Gary do you feel like a chicken and Gary goes if I could shoot an egg out of my ass right now I would and I don't why but the way he said it it hit me and i by myself because tara didn't have tara was at work when i was watching this i like had a moment where i had to like pause and laugh and that's really rare particularly when i'm watching a movie for this podcast because i'm very concentrated so i don't always give over to the comedic moments even though i think it's funny or whatever like and i know oh this is a funny moment i'm more in analyzation mode than i am in like experience mode and that was like one of the lines where i was just like i'm gonna I'm going to take a minute with this. (laughs) And there were a lot of those in this movie. It's just like so good. No, you're right. And him and Robert Russler, like the two of them, they have such great chemistry together. There's Mm. so many like funny moments. And I think that he's a, I think that Robert Russler's character is a really good foil for. Which one is Robert Russler? He, he plays um, Wyatt. So I think that like in those scenes with like Gary and Wyatt, like they're such good foils for each other. And I think that like Anthony Michael Hall's like over the top, like energy is just such a great match for, for his characterization. Like, like Wyatt is a much more like quiet and like pensive, like character. Sorry, I thought that the person who played Wyatt was Elon Mitchell Smith. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. I'm sorry. I got the okay. names confused. Robert no, 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 Russler okay. um is the is the guy who is he's the he's the guy with uh Robert Downey Jr. He plays Max. Uh, That's right. Okay, okay. I got sorry, it flipped I just around. Sorry. To no, you were right. That. No, no, you're mm-hmm. right. Is it Elon or Ian? It it's I L A N. All right. Elon Michael, um my Elon, Elon Mitchell Smith. Yeah, but the mm-hmm. two of them, they have such good chemistry together, and it's just so funny <laughs> to watch them and yeah. What'd you say? I said, yeah, no, no, I really enjoyed them. And and it only works. Like Anthony Michael Hall only gets to give a performance that big with someone <laughs> giving like the straight man performance next to him. Cause otherwise it's too many cooks in the kitchen. So And again, yeah. they were 16 and 17. It's crazy. Latest, which it's is crazy. Insane. Like hell mm-hmm. like at the helm of this cast. Like yeah. no. And they have they both have such great presence. But I agree with you that like he has a I Anthony Michael Hall has a lot of shining moments. 
carrying a movie when you're 16 or 17. I mean, crazy. I I couldn't do anything when I was 16. You or tried 17. to carry a movie last year and <laughs> due to some of the things that have really yeah. been problems for you in your personal life, mm. uh that opportunity sort of slipped away. And you it would at, be it, it was probably be your like last. You know, bring that up in it was probably moment. your last and we all were like could this be the oscar year for uh well for her and i think most of us knew not but i, I think, think we would have liked well, to see you put up more of a fight i think Sof- sophia coppola knows what she did and <laughs> i lame and sophie <laughs> I, wow. I have maintained this for a long time and when i got cast as priscilla <sighs> in priscilla i was ready to do the work and there were a lot of there was a lot of whispers like oh she's too old to play this part oh she doesn't look anything like priscilla presley oh you know this makes no sense this casting is insane this is a wild wild choice and what i did was i i shut out the noise and i showed Mm. up to work every single day and what Sophia did was she let that poison of the public sort of get into her brain and you know she obviously made a different choice and and now there's um someone else starring in it and I'm sure she does a lovely job but um you know the, I'm sure there will be more things that come my way at some point you know I'm not I'm not counting myself out and I I would love for my co-host in this podcast to not do that for me either you know yeah, I think Kaylee Spaney's now um, playing the role, and I think that's going to be interesting. I think seeing a movie that makes a little bit more sense, just from like an age um, standpoint. I know you'd be great to do some Priscilla stuff during the Naked Gun years, maybe. Um, <laughs> when she was starring alongside Leslie, I'd like to see maybe uh, maybe wait. something like that. Uh, I would... <laughs> probably okay. say that like taking on you and i guess it would be mm. i don't know if jacob alordi was mm. in talks to play to play <gasps> yeah, elvis was, when we, you were gonna we be in a, it yeah no we did um we had a chemistry read and it was i mean a lot of people said explicit um that's interesting because that's not good or bad it's just a fact <laughs> Well, I think what I took away from that was the chemistry was so good. This has got to be our Elvis and this this has got to be our Priscilla. And that was weird because I heard that when they first were conceiving of this, they were going to have um, Gary Busey come in and do some of the Elvis stuff just to make it make sense timeline wise, age wise with what you were sort of cooking up um, as Priscilla. Because they saw that you were bringing more of like a like a tired sort of like alternative like Hmm. maybe more like aronofsky requiem for a dream takes on like priscilla like brain fever kind of thing and um then when they decided to go to more you were not in the rooms with us and that's so clear given what the information that you have which again is just hearsay and with that i would love to hear your first love at point on this movie because well one thing i'm gonna say because I'm gonna say my name oh, through God. the mud. It's a little bit of the performance that um we won't be seeing at the theaters, folks. Mm. Um, I just wanted to say the only reason you're right, I wasn't in the room, and the only mm. reason I know about this is because is because I'm a close personal family friend of the Coppolas. Uh, and if if Uncle mm. um Uncle Frankie, uh Francis Ford, uh is what I call mm. him, Uncle Frankie. If he's listening, mm. then I just watched Godfather for like the fiftieth time. Mm. It's still my faves. Mm. It's still mm-hmm. incredible. 
uh, thank you for letting me be a part of your family and for okay. just what we've created together. It's alchemy. I mean, when we're all together, yeah. it's so much fun. Sophia is basically like, like an, like an aunt slash big sister to me. But you haven't so. like created anything with them on film, which because is I didn't want to. Because I didn't okay. want to. Yeah, because you didn't want to be in a Coppola film. I get it. I'm okay, working on I'd some stuff right to... now with, um, okay. I guess, cousin Nikki, Nicholas Cage, who's been a frequent mm. Um, mm. mention on this podcast. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. So I'm working. I've got some stuff in what? the in yeah, the cooker on the right now. For National Treasure 3 or? Whatever it is, it's going to be a National Treasure. Mm. It's going to be a gift. Whatever we okay. sort of. You know, mm-hmm. and I'll let you know, I'll get you on the list uh, to come to one, uh, not the premiere, but to come to one of the subsequent showings mm-hmm. after. Uh, yeah. And maybe Gary Busey will be there and maybe you two can, I don't know, do something else together. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some. I think Gary and I will will be in charge of our own projects separately. I don't need to be in any more rooms. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to see y'all maybe bring Gary. American that American Gothic painting, maybe do a movie about those two or something. The two people in the American Gothic painting. Mm, what's their yeah, what's their no. life story? Maybe you can cook that yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so moving into the Lovitz, <laughs> talking about more pleasant things. Jane's upset now, of course. Let's see if we can push yeah. through. Um, <laughs> my first thing we actually already talked about, which was the the super solid science in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. That is that can't be questioned. Um, <laughs> if you've listened, by the way, to our disclosure episode, then you know how much we love science and computer technology mm. that makes mm-hmm. no sense and i yep. would have it no other way i don't want it to make sense i want it and to be people pushing so buttons great. quickly oh i love and it it's so it's so fun because it's like i feel like we have such a good perspective from like we just know so much technology from living in 2023 it's like i would love to talk about how they think they were trying to pull the wool over our eyes in 1985 when they were doing this well i also always wonder like how do they pitch it like how do you direct somebody in this scene if they're like if they're like i just have one question john what's happening and it's like (laughs) okay so you know magic right it's like okay so let's so we're leaning heavier on that right because you were talking about computers earlier and it's giving something else and the name science is in the title of which there is none in this movie. <laughs> well, that's actually, so my first point was actually, they are basically, it looks to me like trying to do some sort of bastardized like voodoo. And like, that's just sort of spliced in. There's a scene where, where Wyatt and Garrett, Gary have bras on their heads. And like Anthony Michael Hall is, he's affecting, he's affecting something. He's, he's uh, some mumblings and utterances are coming out of his mouth. And we're just getting like, we're getting just base level sort of like conjure sort of like they're alluding to it. It's really yeah. silly. And it's and it's but it appears to be the thing that becomes the catalyst for like the doll starting to like come to life also and we sort of sprinkle it in and then don't talk about it again so that's the other part of it is i was like is it science or is it supposed to be like the dark arts like what's going on i think it's supposed to be a sprinkling of it all (laughs) and they were also hoping that no one would pull on any of these threats yeah, absolutely. These words, these movies weren't supposed to be broken down. Okay, no, they weren't. But you know what? They don't call us Mavericks for nothing. So yeah, exactly. that was the thing that that was the first thing I I wrote down was like, is this because it's like before you realize it's a Barbie? I'm like, is this supposed to be like a stand-in or a proxy for like a voodoo doll? What's going on, y'all? And I don't think anybody yeah. knows. They're just doing no. stuff. Absolutely, they're just just combining a bunch of stuff they've seen or heard about. 
And it's very that. So that was my first love mm-hmm. it. Um, okay. My first love it point is <laughs> I love that we're openly promoting 15 year olds getting it on with a 23 year old woman. Um, by that, I mean, Kelly LeBrock at the time of filming. So I looked this up cause I was like, cause Kelly LeBrock straight up makes out with the character of Wyatt at one point who is played by a 16 year old boy at the time. And Kelly LeBrock was 25 and Anthony Michael Hall was 17 at the time of filming. And they kiss a little bit, not quite as intensely as Kelly LeBrock and the character. uh, I think it was Elon Mitchell Smith Mm -hmm. uh, make out. But then at one point she like holds up a pair of underwear at, um, but the characters are supposed to be 15 and 23. Although she's like a creation, but like she says at the time that she is like, a 23 year old woman and she like holds up a pair of underwear at the mall in a lingerie store and she's like do you think a 15 year old boy would be attracted to this and i just felt uncomfortable and i also felt like if this was if this was a gender swap this would be a very different movie (laughs) this would be a movie about someone heading straight to prison (laughs) yeah no it's very that those scenes which is so funny because i kind of remembered i think what i remembered was like i was like oh it's like very like i don't know i don't know what i remembered as a kid from being as a kid i think i thought it was like it was like in my mind it was a lot more playful and it was a lot more like well they won't they and like then they like start making out and i'm like oh okay and then like they double down like they like they kiss multiple times in the scene <laughs> and it's just like it's like passionate kissing though too yeah it's, it's a lot it's, a, it's lot. a lot to sort of wrap <laughs> your head around and it's like oh they're just okay she's just making okay. out with this actor just making out with kelly this is happening like these two are just kissing yeah. and what one is a child and one is a woman it's dicey and the thing yeah is that like i feel like did they feel like it's one of two things one it doesn't matter when it's young boys two were they maybe trying to circumvent this weird age thing because she is a quote-unquote like frankenstein creation so she's She's not not a real person so she's not she's she's not sort of like at the mercy of like the laws of man Right. So it's like one of those two things. And I'm like hoping that it's that thing as opposed to being like, it doesn't matter when it's boys. You but know, I it was it, a little bit of like, it's a little bit, of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, but he's a boy. What boy wouldn't want, wouldn't want Kelly yeah. LeBrock like making out with them. Dream. These teenage like, boys are going to be oh on God. rock in the theater. Like we're showing this. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's, it is dicey and you're right. Like if these, if these roles were switched, it'd be a different conversation. Yeah. It'd Ooh. be a real, real different movie. It would not be called weird science. It would be called, you know, Mr. Robinson goes to jail. Also just go ahead and put in here. Can we go ahead and cut me saying these teenage boys are going to be on rock in the theaters? <laughs> Because that's wild. And I didn't mean I didn't, it. And, it. And I didn't clock it, which is, you know, I think we're both responsible for that one. So let's get that out. Um, so anyway. Uh, yeah, you are 100% right, Jane. Um, the next thing that I had was, so there's a scene after they have effectively made um, Lisa where 
they are at the mall, which I mean, that's that's where life happens, baby. It's 1985. Absolutely. Like you're if you're not at the mall, where, where are you at home with your family? That's funny. Tell me another one. Like, this is where you want to be. And they're That's at the mall. Everybody hangs. You're at the mall outside of the Orange Julius. And Kelly Le- and Kelly LeBrock is off. I think this maybe when she's when she's asking the sales girl what's gonna what's gonna work for the 15-year-old boy, underwear-wise mm-hmm. for for her. But while mm-hmm. that's going on, and also I want to <laughs> note that what they do also, which is really interesting, is because that scene happens and then the camera just cuts away with them making out. And so then you're mm-hmm. kind of, and then the you're kind of left like wondering, did they have sex? And then the next day she's like, You passed out before anything happened. And it's like, okay, so this is how we're gonna get around it. It's just like Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you didn't pass out before anything happened. Yeah, you made out. Um <laughs> some stuff happened and like it, it may seem docile, but it's like, truly, if this was made today, the, the, uh, yeah. straight to prison. Yeah. Miss LeBrock. So, Miss LeBrock. <laughs> so all of this, so all that happens. And then um, they're at the mall. Kelly's doing her thing. And the two boys are like, there's this, there's a moment where the two boys are just sitting down like on the lower level of the mall, like on the edge of like some large planter. And then we have, um, then we have the like Ian and Max who are played by Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Ressler. Um, They are sort of like above them looking down on them from like, you know, a kind of like balcony area. Cause it's like Mm -hmm. octagonal, octagonal, octagonal. People know that malls have different levels and you can look down from one to the other. I mean, yeah, but I was trying to get the word out. What is it? Is it octagonal? Uh, yeah. Whatever. You just, you'll lead me to hell <laughs> if I let you. Anyway, no, they're on the top right. level looking down and they're I drinking. Just felt like I was trying to free you from that because I felt like you and were I won't getting. Be freed. <laughs> I How felt like you? you were getting wrapped up in that, and I was like, I think it's fine. You can just it's just because on. words matter to me. Yeah, you're um, right. You're right. You're right. Okay. And I, so, that's on me. Yeah. For once, she gets it right. <laughs> so they're at the mall, and this is all mm-hmm. happening. And then the two of them are above them at the mall. And the the two bullies. Ian and Max, mm-hmm. and they t- they have an icy, by the way, in an old school icy cup, which I hadn't seen in so long. And I was like, oh my god, the old school red and white striped icy cup. Shout out! I know. Um, I was like, I want an icy. <laughs> yeah, instantly, instantly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but they decide to pour their icy on on Wyatt and Gary on this lower level of the mall. They don't know that they're standing above them. It ends up being that they they do. They flip the ICs. They pour it on them. The two of them are just sitting there now covered in like red icy. And mm-hmm. a crowd of onlookers start laughing at them mm-hmm. right after this all happens. The crowd is like 80% adults. And like yes. there's an and there's like this older woman who looks like she's in her 60s or 70s. And she's in like the front of the crowd pointing and laughing. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I like, I like that we've got grown ass adults. We got like somebody's grandmother, like in the front of the crowd, who's like, "Yeah, you motherfuckers, you look fucking stupid." It's just yeah, like you fucking wild. Ro- roast those 
those motherfuckers to get those two kids sitting alone, doing nothing, bothering no one, destroy them. It's just <laughs> like, so wild. And I was like, I like yeah. at first I thought it was all kids from their high school, and I was like, oh, these fucking kids. And then I was like, mm. no, that's somebody's mom. That's somebody's I grandmother, and that. they are eating it up. They're like, yeah, pour another icy on those fucking losers. That's right. We're in a crowd, so it's okay. Yeah, we don't have to be responsible mm-hmm. for what we're doing. This is pack mentality. We- I love everybody just rallying against two innocent people who've done nothing. Like nothing. Like you would expect the parents like, oh my God, like what happened? Like who did that? No, yeah, nobody's like, answering. Oh, that for... is so fucked up. It's like, oh, okay. I guess we didn't have empathy in the 80s. And they're essentially just like, no, social order is is exactly the way that we wanted it to be. Like you're at the bottom of the fucking, you're at the bottom of the fucking totem pole, whether you know it or not. And these kind of things um, are going to happen to keep you honest. Okay, well, this leads really nicely into my next love at point, which is I love how like in 80s movies and this one in particular and just many 80s and 90s movies like popularity was fucking everything. People would, you know, sell their soul in order to like be, quote unquote, in with the popular crowd, particularly in John Hughes movies, like a lot of these like teenage coming of age movies in the 80s and 90s really centered around people who felt like they weren't popular and trying to get into this crowd. And I just thought, A, that's so interesting that that was such a huge part of like storytelling at that time. And B, that like, it's really nice that we have moved beyond that because I don't think that's as valuable anymore. Oh, for sure. I think so much has changed. And I think like... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably evidenced by like, you know, the the lack of, I guess, cackling adults um, when people are being bullied. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, you're no, you're 100 percent correct. I think also like I feel like when I go back and look at so many of these movies from the 80s too, the thing that I sort of pick up on as well in terms of this sort of like popularity is like that it is it's all consuming and it is exhausting and like everybody who's got it is like doing everything that they can to hold on to it. Right. Everybody's afraid because all it takes is like one, you know, misstep for you to now be like, you know, a social pariah. So like it's everybody fleeting. It's fleeting. Oh, it's so fleeting. And then there's this anxiety yeah. and you have to keep up with it. You have to like maintain it. And it like requires like money and time and energy but also like mm-hmm. those people aren't really having a lot of fun because they're too busy trying to sort of like maintain this sort of like hierarchical like order of things and it's like totally. you're so afraid of like the next person showing up and now that's queen b and it's like it's all about who you it affects who you are it affects who you date it affects like mm-hmm. where you go it's like you don't really get to like sort of ex- almost experience like the fullness of like being a teenager because it's like it's like you're running some sort of like political campaign to like maintain this thing. And I think that like the older that we've gotten and the further removed we get from it, we realize that the emperor doesn't really have any clothes. And so many of those people, you know, we get those moments in movies where it gets like introspective and like you, you sort of see that. I think like a movie like Mean Girls sort of like totally. explores that as well, that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's its own kind of prison. Like the, yeah. like the, obviously like the kids that are, you know, considered to be the nerds or whatever are like dealing with it 
in a, in a, in a way, but then also there's its own sort of thing that's going on for these like popular kids. And I'm not comparing the two because one of them is literally a group of people like doing everything that they can to sort of like mentally destroy another. Like you were right. Like, yeah. the, like, the, like the popular kids are eating each other, but the nerds mm-hmm. are just like trying to breathe and get through the day. And like, they're like right. constantly the target. So I do think that hopefully, obviously I'm not in a high school environment. Hopefully it's changed a lot, but I do remember like middle school in particular being quite exhausting and i the yeah. best way i've always described it and i think a lot of people would agree with me is it's literally like walking on eggshells and i remember times in middle school when i would be like like I, like my popularity would increase like on a minuscule level because of something mm-hmm. that i said or did in front of the right person but then it would be gone really soon and they'd be like is he gay though um and <laughs> <laughs> but but i remember like in those moments where like i almost was like had ingratiated myself or like i'd earned some sort of like social cachet before it was snatched away but like mm-hmm. i remember in those moments always feeling like it was like i couldn't breathe because i was so scared of losing it like what? it would give me anxiety i couldn't sleep <laughs> at night because it's like and then somebody would be like why is he swishing his hips like that or why do you throw that ball that way and i'd be like oh what about that other kid over there he's wigger and then you know they'd look at him <laughs> you don't have to tell this story because i know it's like <laughs> you like what? you still you still cringe about it but you told me about it recently oh shut up i don't want to talk about that I, okay it was, well, it's <laughs> the worst it's so awful it's not gonna help anybody's no 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 it's we don't so have to talk awful. about it but i just want to say like i like i 100 that's one of those stories where it's like you do something that you think is gonna slap with the popular kids and all of a sudden it's like oh, oh god no i have to it. tell the awful fucking story you don't no no, no you don't it's you not don't. You, it's fine it's not that bad it, but it was a moment where like i had like i was <laughs> i was <laughs> i'm so sorry it's just the funniest so we know who jane would have been I, in my life no because no, no, i can feel it because i've i can't remember a specific event but i'm sure i've done something so similar and like completely it just i can feel the like pain and shame of this moment so viscerally so please go ahead i remember <laughs> relive I, it <laughs> go ahead and relive it for, for my benefit for our audience <laughs> i actually think i may have been in sixth grade when this happened the like mm-hmm. cool kids had decided like for, there was like the cool kids they were like the cool bad kids and they were led by this mm-hmm. girl whose name i will not reveal but she mm-hmm. was like definitely like the queen be like the bad kids like they didn't want to be popular but they ran the school right. and for some reason i think i made a couple of jokes back to back in like some class that she enjoyed and so like she mm-hmm. like approached me at recess and like let me like hang with them and mm-hmm. i just remember like always hanging with them and being really nervous because You're i knew right. i wasn't really like a bad boy but like i would hang out with them and they would say like things and i'd be like yeah 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 and i would like deepen my voice and try and seem like i was like a badass or whatever and i remember like i was sitting next to her at this assembly and it was like and the guy was who's doing the assembly was like it was like it was like he was telling us about like dream makers and dream breakers. And he was like, you want to hang out with people that are dream makers, not dream breakers. And I remember I turned to her and I said, that's what you are for me. You're a dream maker. And she turned and looked at me with a look of utter disgust. Like her face literally was like the fuck. 
And it was like the moment that she realized that I was like the same soft piece of shit she knew I was before. That was the end. It was like a couple of weeks where I was like hanging with the cool kids. And then it was like that happened. I had so many moments like that where people would just like fucking play me. I remember I had a CD. I got a CD copy from Sam Goody. I saved up my, my money. It was a CD copy of Brian McKnight's Back at One. Oh my and God, I, I remember fucking love that song. These two. No, it was the, it was the whole CD. It was like the oh, whole fucking shit. thing. And wow. I remember I that's, was like I, That's some rich boy shit. That was it was some it was some real shit. And I remember <laughs> I went like there were these two girls who were like popular girls, but they were also like kind of bad girls. But I had classes mm-hmm. with them and I they were like cool, like fine with me. Like I knew I wasn't a part of their real crew, but we got along fine in class and like we would talk sometimes. Right. And I had that CD and I remember it was brand new. And one of the girls mm-hmm. was like, This was a couple years later, and one of the girls was like, Oh my God, like can I borrow it? And I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, but like bring it back tomorrow. Like I'll, and I'm letting her borrow it because she's cool and whatever. And she's like, okay, cool. Oh, my, oh, and my heart is when already I tell you, for you, I never got it back. And of every day I would go to her locker and I would say, hey, did you remember it today? And she would say, oh, no, I'll bring it tomorrow. I never got it back. And my dumb ass, I thought there was a world in which I was going to oh. receive this again. I never got it back. <laughs> and every single day I went to her and I was like, hey, did you remember today? And she'd go, no, I didn't remember it. And like her and like her friend would like laugh when I walked away, and I would be like, "Boop boop boop, bring it tomorrow." It was like, no, they don't take you seriously, and they don't respect you. But like, I was probably like twelve at that point, and like, I just was like, like just like blissfully ignorant in the knowledge that like they have played you, they're not giving you it back, and they never were. She stole it from you, and it's hers now. And every fucking day, like they must have been like. Like, oh my God, what part of what just happened doesn't he get? And that's the end of that story. Oh, Brent. And so like, I, that just makes me want to like, just like hug your younger 12 year old self. That was like, so earnestly just like being kind to your friends. And they took advantage oh of that. And fuck those girls. And like, sure. it's just, uh, you know, that kind of shit sure happen. I, I mean, we all have stories like that and those course, aren't that bad. I have way worse ones, but like, you know, like me those too. are like the stories that you like, you things you experience when you're like that age and you're just like trying to like stay somewhere Try in the so middle hard. of like, I was always oscillating between like the middle and like, the lower tier high high school was different but like Mm -hmm. junior high school and like and like elementary school for sure it was always like is that kid gay every day and me being like no fuck him you must not be talking about me not me i don't i don't like nsync um but yeah so very that sorry for that little like uh, deep dive into childhood trauma, but I, I just say that to say I, I do I do I like basically I basically strong strong armed you into telling you no it's telling fine us all and you know what stories. it's not my little secret anymore we've now shared it with all of our <laughs> listeners and now you all know and maybe you all can be dream makers for me um, mm, because you know we what, know Brand, who wouldn't. I would I would love to be your dream maker okay and I, I feel like. I love you and I love your dreams. And you know what? That's why I hang out with you because you're a dream maker too. Okay. Thank you, Janie. I love that. We can be cool people for each other. <laughs> Although I will say I have no desire to ever set foot in a middle school again. That place still stresses I, me out. And no, I feel like those kids would, would bully me <laughs> so quickly if I stepped in. I would instantly revert back to being like, if like some 12 year old was like, what the fuck are you wearing? I'd be like, uh, where's the teacher? <laughs> Let me tell you that I would rather douse myself in gasoline and drop a match on the top of my head than walk into high school or Oof. middle school. 
in too much, no too much, way. too much anxiety, too much, too much. And like, <sighs> I will say, like, I had really good friends. Like, I, you know what I mean. Like, I still have very close friends from high school. And like, I, you know, I don't know if we were fucking cool or not. I don't think we really. Were. I, I think like whatever. That's it was, my high school I wasn't prop- structured that way. My high school, high school was yeah, something exactly, different for me. Exactly, which was nice, right? Yes, which was really, really nice because I felt like the pressure was released from middle school. Middle school was a fucking nightmare. Oof, middle um, school was yikes. Good yeah. lord. What a sad, depressing um, fucking time. Middle school was awful. Make or, it will make or fucking break you. Ugh. And oh god, lord. I wish it on my worst enemy. Everyone, I'm sorry <laughs> about middle school. Oh my god. These memories. Anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> Now oh that we've unpacked our trauma for a really long time, I think it's important that we get to our next like it point. Do you have one? Um, My next uh, love on. it point is actually it's this. There's a scene in the movie where Lisa literally just abducts Gary from his family's home because it's like that what's is un- one hundred percent my next like it point too. I love this. Scene. It's such a Go funny. Ahead nonsensical scene and it's never and the thing about this movie is the rules are never made clear what's what and like we basically discover that lisa has like men in blacked his parents after the entire encounter and they don't remember any part of it but we didn't know that before so we didn't know that they were glimmered yeah. or whatever so like it's this entire and, and then you realize that it's like so she she has this showdown with his parents because she's a grown-ass woman who shows up to their house to take their kid she's like i'm taking him out to a party and they're like who are you and she's just you know and she's going toe-to-toe with his dad who's an asshole anyway mm-hmm. and she just basically <laughs> telling him you know go fuck yourself whatever and then she pulls out a gun which turns out to be a water gun and like threatens them at gunpoint and then like they get in the car and Gary's freaking out and she's like your parents don't even know what's going on they have no idea who he is his dad doesn't even remember he existed it's a really funny scene after it's she does the glimmering or whatever and like they don't know what's going on but it's like oh so that's a thing in this world too like Lisa has all of these powers that you you don't know about until you know about them but they don't like present them in the story it's like whatever mm-hmm. the thing is or the moment calls for lisa can do it and it's uh it's possible so like vary that yeah i mean that's uh, that exactly like my same like a point i love the scene between gary and lisa and his parents and it's just so funny there's at one point where he's screaming with his mother about you know i'm uh, lisa says something like you know gary's sex life needs to you know he needs to experience something other than tossing off to magazines in the bathroom. And it just, it erupts. And, and Anthony Michael Hall is, is there screaming, mom, I swear I never tossed off to anything. And it's just so unhinged. And then Lisa ends up pulling a gun, which looks very much like a real gun. But like Brandon said, we later find out is a, um water gun a water gun but it's just so funny and everyone is so good in that scene like i just feel like everyone is meeting each other where they're at and it made me lol so yeah love that no it's a it's a really funny scene um mm-hmm. i like that we both like i think we both had that in ours i i only I have one the exact same spot too right i only have one more which i think will kind of lead into the low that's maybe um for okay, me it'll lead into my next low that i realize okay i've got two more um okay do you want to do yours then so yeah so this is actually a good lead into mine where it's like this movie 
I love how this movie just gets more and more unhinged. Like you were saying, like you never know what the rules are. And like, it starts with like, like I I think the unhinged behavior really starts when Lisa pulls a gun on Gary's parents and then like calls like the motorcycle gang to the party that they're having in order for Gary and Wyatt to like man up and like handle the gang. And it's like the motorcycle gang looks like extras from the Hills have eyes. I mean, everyone looks so wild. wild. And then, and then uh, during, at the end of the party, a missile comes through the floor of the whole house and goes all, it looks like a fucking nuclear warhead. You've no idea what fuck is going on. And then the final like insane thing is Lisa turns Chet, the crazy brother played by Bill Paxton, who is an asshole in every sense of the word. He turns him into like Chet the Hutt, basically like a Jabba the Hutt like character in the middle of the kitchen. And it's like, okay, we there are no reins on this thing. Like we are just, you know, it's just every incident is more insane than the next and you are on for the ride it is so wild and it's like one thing leads to another and everything happens so quickly somehow like there's a there's a photo on a magazine above like those like electrodes we were talking about earlier and they're like trying to mess with the computers again um to make another lisa it seems like and yeah but there's like a photo of a rocket on the front of the magazine and somehow the electrodes like get caught on the electrodes are touching the photo of the rocket so they end up making a rocket come to life instead of another lisa that happens yes that's why that's what it was there's a quick shot of like the electrodes on on top of the rocket and like the electricity like the 1980s electricity starts to sort Uh, of like shoot and it's like and then lisa says later she's like you she's like you just ended up making a rocket and yeah yeah, okay that's what happens (laughs) i guess there's an explanation for everything so one thing I do want to say that I do love about this movie uh, mm-hmm. before I my last thing I will say Kelly LeBrock gives a really wonderful performance in this film and she like really does. I don't think that I like fully appreciated it before like I knew she did a good job but this time watching mm-hmm. it it's a really difficult role because I mean yeah. you're sort of juggling a lot of hats at one time but she has really great comedic timing she's obviously mm-hmm. dropped dead gorgeous she has like sex appeal out of the wazoo um Mm -hmm. But she's not resting on that. Like, she's funny and she's very witty and she's got a lot of moments with, like, very, like, biting humor. And Mm -hmm. it's just really fun because she's clearly, like, Mm -hmm. gone all in on this. Like, she agreed to do this movie and she's here to have a good time. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of moments where she surprises you and you don't expect her to sort of be as all in as she is. Um, But she's very good. And it's actually a very smart performance. Um, It it really is. It really is. Particularly given like the subject matter and like who, who this character could be like, she definitely elevates this character. And I was watching this and I was like, huh, it's interesting. I really don't know Kelly LeBrock from anything else. I don't know a lot about Kelly LeBrock either. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm wondering if she's had like more opportunities past this movie or whatever. But it was just interesting to see because I was like, I was like, I did not expect that performance from her when we first met her. I was like, okay, this is like some British supermodel babe that we're just that's just kind of gonna be like, you know, 
particularly because of the way the movie is set up and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, this is going to be sort of like a mannequin to these guys, but she was great. And I totally agree with that. She had an energy that really Dave was trying to think of the person. I don't think he could. He was like, she's reminding me of somebody, but the person she reminded me of a little bit was Elizabeth Hurley. Um, mm, like, yeah, she has like, she's another one who has like a very yeah. biting wit, another very beautiful woman who like mm-hmm. knows how to sort of like employ it for com- like comedic effect and, yeah. you know, can be very cheeky, can be very over the top and can sort of deliver mm-hmm. these like performances that subvert like expectation um, totally. in a way that is like really charming and i think that like that Mm -hmm. was sort of a little bit of what i got from kelly lebrock and uh yeah so i just wanted to say that i thought she did a really fine job in this movie as well awesome um okay i have one more love a point then we can move to the love this This is just a quick one which i wanted to throw in there because i thought it was so funny um they're having the big party at wyatt's house but gary and wyatt or Wyatt more specifically has pretty bad social anxiety. So they're hiding in the bathroom and he's like farting a lot. And the girls who are dating the popular guys, Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Ressler. Um, I can't remember their character names, but Ian and Max, the, Ian and Max, the girls are Hilly and Deb, I think are, are their name. And they're sort of like over them over Ian and Max's boyfriends and like, whatever so they're like kind of on the prowl looking for you know someone interesting i guess at this party and we find out at the end that they do fall in love with gary and wyatt or whatever but they knock on the door of the bathroom and like as they knock on the door it like cuts to gary and wyatt in the bathroom and it's like like the toilet is flushing and and gary's like oh fuck what do we do you just took a shit in the bathroom like blah blah blah, like light a match and i'm like was gary like watching wyatt take a shit at this party (laughs) like so weird (laughs) yeah it's like a scene that they keep cutting away from but every time we come back they're like in this bathroom together and then all of a sudden this piece of information is introduced that like (laughs) apparently like wyatt took a mean dump and they haven't <laughs> left so apparently like i don't know i guess uh, i guess gary was there for the show I, <laughs> which i, I guess thought so. was a lot but you know what it's I don't wild know what... to think about just casually like i mean no king shaman but it is <laughs> if that's not your thing it is wild to think about dropping a d with your bud just in the bathroom having a conversation it's actually one of the wildest scenarios like i have ever like thought about because i think like i know one of the most vulnerable scenarios that you can be in (laughs) is uh, like is on a toilet of course and (laughs) particularly when you're like having stomach issues it's like the last thing i want is anyone to witness this (laughs) i'll tell the story and it can get cut if it needs to get cut we have a really good friend laura she's she's an actress (laughs) we went to undergrad together there was one time when laura was the lead in this musical and she had a bathroom like her own bathroom she's basically the only person in this bathroom it was like Mm -hmm. the bathroom for women in the cast and a lot and i think the other women were like all chorus people so they had a separate sort of area so she kind of had her own dressing room and had a bathroom in it and one of the girls on the tech crew came to the door and she was like 
this is an insane story. I don't know why I'm telling it. And she came to the door and she was like, she was like, hi. She was like, hey, can I use the bathroom? And Laura was like, oh, of course, use the bathroom. Like Laura didn't know she was going to like rock a deuce in the bathroom. And it's like not a big one, but she used the bathroom and then she left. And I came in and Laura was like, oh my God, that girl like took a shit in the bathroom. I didn't know that's what she meant when she said, can I use it? And then we started like talking about like hypothetical insane scenarios. And like one of them, we, this has to be cut. I'm just realizing how we were having a conversation about how funny I shouldn't tell the story. I shouldn't tell the story. <laughs> tell it. We'll cut it. Because I know you've gone this far. I need we to We were know. having a conversation. She's like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, what if you heard her taking a deuce and you just like opened the door and like grabbed her by her hair and pulled her <laughs> off the toilet and like drug her out of the bathroom. And we were both, we couldn't stop laughing because we were like, oh my God, that's the most vulnerable you could ever be. I was like, yes, because her two hands, her two hands would instantly go to your hand. So she would be anchored to your hands. Meanwhile, her pants would be around her ankle as were mm-hmm. her underwear and then you just yeah. push her in the hallway and i was like and you know she would land probably in her seat and then shit would go all down the, the floor of the hallway well, like it's well, so disrespectful and you don't know where she is like in the process of taking a shit either oh yeah it's she could like, be mid-log right but like her just so, like, like her two is that feet just like with? scampering <laughs> her two feet just scampering her like, oh my God, it's it's the most demeaning position that a human being could be in and like and there's you nothing you can Laura do sitting in that dressing room like yucking it up we couldn't stop laughing like we couldn't stop laughing our stomachs hurt because we both were like that's so wild and we both realized in that moment how comical and how like insane that is that like pooping on a toilet is your most vulnerable moment because anybody's instinct is going to be to protect mm-hmm. their hair and then you're right. just sort of waddling and you can't stand you can't walk completely because your legs are cut are cuffed by your underwear and your pants of course so you're just mm-hmm. ass out and like and then somebody ass- pushing you into a ass- hallway and genitals oh out too. And it's shit horrible. just smeared all over your butt cheeks and then going up your back. It's just like <laughs> you are like, like, do you ever feel like a whole person again after that moment? Like, you no matter to, what you, you accomplish you have in to life, literally have to like change your identity. <laughs> but like, think about years that. later winning like a Nobel Prize, and you're a person no. who's won a Nobel Prize. You're celebrated, <laughs> and you still have those quiet moments because you know that there are there are people in the world who saw you. <laughs> slathered in shit with your pants around your ankle but pushed honestly, into a hallway mid deuce drop then that would have been i would have come to the terms of like that wasn't on me that was on crazy ass laura you say what you need to say the, the optics and the image that everybody in that hallway saw was you booty out covered in that brown <laughs> okay we Just have like, to ah! <laughs> okay so all right um <laughs> So that happened. Oh my God. Okay. We're moving into the low bits. I'm ready. I'm ready okay. to low that. My first low that there's a scene towards the beginning of this movie. It takes place in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's right mm-hmm. after, you know, Lisa has come to be. The boys mm-hmm. are driving in a pink Cadillac. They're going to this blues club. And they get to the blues club. It starts out as like a kind of funny scene. It's definitely like odd man out. This is a blues club in Chicago. It is full of black people and other mm-hmm. like black and brown people. There's blues mm-hmm. music playing. It's also like a lot of figures that look like rough around the edges. But you also have to keep in mind mm-hmm. that you've got two like 15 and 17 year old, like what 16, 17, whatever you teenage white boys who shown up at this mm-hmm. club with obviously this beautiful woman in like this, like, 
pink tinfoil fantasy of a dress and mm-hmm. the two of them and they're bla- they're blazered out and they're in their they're in their finest 80s attire and like it's very much the fish out of water like hilarity of this moment and like they kind of embrace the guys and obviously they embrace Kelly Brock cuz who wouldn't and right. they're having a good time and then like they start getting offered alcohol and like they're like oh we shouldn't be drinking clearly children and like these guys are like no and so they're drinking. <laughs> then Anthony mm-hmm. Michael Hall gets like wasted. And like <laughs> he affects this like at this like patois like it's this like very much like traditional like AAVE like African American like vernacular that he's doing this voice and it's like it comes out when he's in this drunk moment and it's supposed to be I guess funny because he's assimilating into his environment. Um, but it's, it's like a caricature of like a black person and like a very specific kind of black person of like a Baby. very particular kind of social socioeconomic setting. It's really uncomfortable and it goes on for so long. The scene goes on Baby. for so long. You were saying everything but racist, which was what it is. It, it is a wild is, scene. And you're like, can it, this fucking it end? It's so, first of all, that is also my first little bit point, <laughs> which I think to the surprise of neither of us, it yes. is the thing that makes this movie almost, it goes on for so long that the movie almost became unwatchable at this point because I was like, when does this end? I can't watch this anymore and eventually it does and it moves on to you know the general misogyny of the movie and all that but it was it was one of those things where you are trapped in a scenario where someone is doing something so like horrifyingly racist or you know anything is in the moment and you are unable for whatever reason to confront that person either you're watching it in a movie or like you don't have access to speak to that person Mm. or whatever and you literally you're like you start sweating you want it to end so badly and it goes on for so fucking long it was was such a long believe this is still happening and it like gets worse also and it's like he's just doing this caricature of blackness and all of and everybody here sitting around this table as i said earlier it's all black and brown people and like they're just like eating it up and they're like (laughs) accepting and almost celebrating it and it's like what is this like what is this moment why is this what alcohol is bringing out of you and it's weird and then finally like they get him out of there and they get him home and he sleeps off racism, I guess. But it was like a crazy scene and it feels like it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't advance the plot. And I don't know why they like went all in on like, oh, my God, let's get this white boy in this blues in this blues bar. And then he's around black people. And then once he's drunk, he starts performing blackness for them and they like it. That's the thing. It's like it's dicey. It's really dicey. It's really unnecessary. And it is it's a thing that occurred. And I did not even remember this scene at all until it was happening on my screen. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, that's sure happened too. You, probably block sure it out. Blocked it out, yeah. I mean, the whole thing that, like, I'm like, okay, this is 1985. Obviously, we are watching this, you know, almost 40 years later. Mm -hmm. I'm like... 
was this a part of comedy that like i know comedy has evolved quite a bit and you know there was tons of racist comedy but i don't really remember seeing anything like this it's it's also like not funny i mean that's a thing like i just don't think it's fun like i i don't i i truly like don't understand like where it came from because i i don't get how how i don't i don't see people being like oh this is a fucking knee slapper wait you froze for me jenny sorry i was just saying you said i truly don't understand where it came from and then and then it cut out okay like i just i it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that this was like a knee slapper at any point (sighs) You know? Yeah, it's weird. And it's like they don't really know what to do with it. And it goes on for much too long and it shouldn't have happened. And it's a part of the movie. So, okay. But yeah, that was it's definitely like, one of my low points. It's like one of those things where it's like, you know, how like Aladdin is a super fucking racist Disney movie now, but like we still enjoy the music from it and whatever. But like when you watch it on Disney, like the Disney streaming service, there's like a thing that comes up that's like, oh, yeah. Hey, so we know <laughs> this is like pretty fucked up. And I'm like, this movie needs that. Like, because this is yeah. just like too long. It wasn't a moment. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It was like, a long ass scene and it was too yeah, much this john john hughes figured out how to include black people in his films apparently um, yeah exactly and this was the only way <laughs> they have to be in there and their habit like what like northbrook can you imagine um jane mm-hmm. what is your next low bit point well now that we have covered the blatant weird fucking racism that is so in our face I would love to talk about the insane misogyny of this movie and how it yeah. runs rampant through every corner of this movie. The, I mean, it's so hard to watch sometimes when Lisa is like, they talk about owning Lisa and how I just do whatever Gary and Wyatt want because they own me. I'm yours. Like, and, and how her whole character just exists for Gary and Wyatt to be able to find themselves and find like the true part of themselves so that they can get girlfriends and be confident. And it's like, this woman is just like, uh, you know, uh, by the time they're done with her, just like a corn husk that they get rid of. You know what I mean? I just like it was it was very hard to watch this concept just take place. And a lot of the language that they use surrounding Lisa, who is a quote unquote woman that they made and that they owned. Yeah, it's really weird. There's like particularly there's a scene where like the two like bullies, I, I guess if you call them that ian and max come to them and they basically want to like trade their girlfriends oh, for lisa God, that scene so they're yeah. like we'll trade you like our two girlfriends the two girls that they ultimately end up with at the end of the movie but we'll trade you those two girls for lisa is essentially mm-hmm. also i do want to talk really quickly about the fact that like the two girls who played the girlfriends were also both like in their 20s i think they were like 22 and like 23 as well yeah which is interesting that they didn't want to just cast like 16 17 year old girls to be (sighs) like they for some reason all of the girls ended up so i guess if we're gonna they and they both make out with these girls too so i guess 
if we're going to talk yeah. about like then yeah apparently they really wanted like adult women to play all the parts <laughs> in this film which is interesting but there's this whole scene where these where these four guys <laughs> oh. are sitting and they're like like they're talking like they're like trading cards basically it's like okay disgusting. well you can have her if i can have her it's really yeah you're right it's like that was i mean that was like the main um that was like pretty much yeah i have one more but that was my main thing too was just this also it almost feels at times like like he's trying to give Lisa agency as a character because there are times where Lisa does things of her own volition, mm-hmm. although they're always in service of helping the boys. Like even if it's even yes. if it's not something that the boys want, like when Lisa brings in the motorcycle crew, it's like she brings them in and that's her decision. And that is not something that the boys want to happen, but it's in service of like making them better people and making them appear as like as like like valorous to like these other girls. So it's like, it's always anything that she does that is like disruptive. It's, it's for, it's ultimately for servicing some aspect of like Gary and Wyatt's life Mm -hmm. at the expense of other Mm -hmm. people. Like she will, she will like fight other people and she will like disrupt other people's lives. So she has no problem with doing that. And she doesn't need their permission to do it because her overall goal is to make the existence of Gary and Wyatt a peaceful one and whatever that means. So like she'll do things that appear to show that she has some agency, but ultimately it's all a part of this, this sort of like belief that she is to serve and be at the the service for them. It's not true agency because it really is just in service of the. No, of yeah, that's so what I'm like, saying. No, you're right. It's yeah, not. yeah, yeah. There's but it's, just, a, but it's the illusion. It, it like creates the right. illusion when you're watching it. Like, oh my god! Like she's this boss bitch. She's throwing this party. She kicked. She kicked Gary's dad's ass. Um, she yeah. pulled that gun on him. Like she's fucked up. Chet turned him into like you know whatever the fuck he was a sloth. I don't slug. I don't know what the fuck he turned into. I um, kept calling him. Um, what slug man again? Uh, Chet? Chet the Hut. Chet the Hut. Yeah. Like job of the Hut. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very like that. But you're right. All yeah. of this is just to like please these men. So like, yeah, she mm-hmm. doesn't have. And then at the end of the movie, it's like it's time for me to go. You are yeah. whole. And it's like okay, you were kind well, of the party. They like they like break up with her, and it's like, and she's like sad, and she's like, oh, of course I'm hurt, but like, I'll go and be like the hot gym teacher now, and it's like, I've never seen like I think like, oftentimes female <laughs> characters in eighty movies, eighties movies, do exist just to like, you know, move. Uh, just to give men what they want in these movies but this is like the most blatant example i think i've ever seen and it's kind of jarring and all that to say that like i still really like enjoy this movie yeah you can critique it of course and still be like okay but these things are like wild and like but it's like it's it's just it's so crazy i mean particularly coming at it from you know our perspective in 2023 just like this could never get made today ever no god no uh my last loaded point actually is just like they throw around the word faggot with an ease that is really surprising (laughs) and like it just gets it's just like it's used quite a bit 
that's mm-hmm. I think Chet mm-hmm. uses it at one point, and mm-hmm. then um, Gary uses it at one point when he's fighting with mm-hmm. the um, with the gang of motorcycle riders, and it's just like okay, all right, yeah, that's a, I, that's a decision. We, we were fine with that word. Yeah, I, absolutely. I feel like we didn't like start to be like, hey, that's maybe not like a great word until like the early two thousands. Yeah, I agree, and it was still been used. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and people still use it sometimes too. I'm sure you called me that before we started recording. So, well, you know, I'm queer. I'm allowed to say it. And I'm allowed to say, I'm I'm allowed to say it to you. Um, What, 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 do you have any more low that's? Um, let me just double check. I think that was mostly, yeah, that was everything that we, we, we pretty much covered everything. So. Yeah, that is uh, that is our coverage of weird science. Jane, I do have two questions for you just before I let you Mm -hmm. get on with your evening. One Mm -hmm. is, would you watch this movie again? Absolutely. Super fun. And then two is, do you have a movie for me to watch for next week? (laughs) You know, I do, baby boy. Um, You have been. What's the word? I don't know. Um dropping hints i guess you could say or just blatantly telling me that you would like to do one of these movies for a while and i've always had it in my mind even before you brought it up to me they are in the hopper and so we i've, I've finally I decided like a it's, thirsty bitch now you've made me um, please maybe, please let me watch it what is it maybe you're always fucking thirsty i don't think it's new to our audience that's true um <laughs> we are going to embark on our first Olsen twins movie. <laughs> I have been dropping a lot of Olsen. I have been dropping. <laughs> you, you have wanted to do an Olsen twins movie for a long time. I've and never I'm seen an Olsen twins too. movie before. I've never seen it, one before. And I know that yeah. they were a huge part of our childhood. Um, Absolutely. For huge, sure. Huge part. Huge part. So God. we are going to do, I actually don't know the year that came out, but I think it was maybe 1999. Um, let me double check. Uh, we can cut this so i just want to make sure i say it um yes it is 1999 okay we are going to do 1999's passport to paris which just happens to be one of my favorite classic okay i'm excited um me too i do a lot of our content creation on um instagram and Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh friend to the pod and a friend in life we love very much megan who um sometimes i collaborate with and she helps us out as well we love you and megan is a huge olsen twins fan so she's going to be very tickled to hear that we're we're moving into the olsen territory baby i'm excited actually because i have no idea what to expect but oh my god i'm excited (laughs) well i can't wait i haven't seen this movie in years but i used to watch it all the time it was one of my favorites so i'm very excited um so yeah um and thank you for bringing us weird science this was super fun and hey is what it's that song just popped into my head. She blinded me with science. That is she the blinded movie, me with right? science. Who is Thomas that? Dolby? Apparently, according to Dave, our producer. How did you know that? I don't know. He throws out the that weirdest was shit, and so then, fast that he came it up was with really that name. Fast. But then I'll ask him sometimes wow. like a random question because Dave always knows the most random shit. Like if you, I were know like, I do that too. If you were like, oh, how many, how how many minutes is the fucking Texas giant? And he'll be like, 15.4. Um, but then you'll ask him something, he'll be like, how would I know that? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. You know all sorts of crazy shit. 
This is the thing that I find that when I'm with Dave in person is that I often ask him before I Google something because I feel like sometimes he just knows weird yeah, shit. That does. I'm like, wow, how do you know that? And he very confidently knows a lot of things that I would absolutely have no information about. Um, that's why. Anyways. That's why we gets paid. <laughs> crazy amounts of money by by us here at mwm i the fact that we moved into paying him seven figures last year i was i didn't think that was gonna i think that was gonna be a thing but yeah well we'll have to have a production meeting on that um oh but anyways i love you i'm so glad that you brought this movie we i had a great time talking about it i hope that our listeners had a great time and made it this far because you know (laughs) it's been a journey and um if you want to continue journeying with us as i always say and journaling with us um you can follow us on instagram facebook and threads at movies we miss and we're going to be there for you always um with an open mind and an open heart and open dms so (laughs) can't wait to hear from you and um we cannot wait to see you next week for 1999's Passport to Paris. <laughs> no bad bugs. No bad bugs. No bad bugs on this trip to Paris. Um, all right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. 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 You'll lead me to hell if I let you.